Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects 
vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world as we broadcast from the home studio through the Fringe FM, the network website, fringe.fm, F-R-I-N-G-E dot F-M. Also on the Fringe FM application that you can download for free. There's also a cool feature on that application. You can send us a, a shout-out, and it will upload right to the server, as far as I understand. So that's a cool little feature, free to use, free to access, free to download. And, of course, if you missed any of our previous broadcasts, and we have a lot of them Monday through Friday here on The Fringe, you can visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and become a subscriber you can subscribe for one week, one month, or for one year, which is the best financial, the best economic option. All three of the subscription tiers will get you access to the full show archive, so you can download and stream every show after it airs. You'll also get access to the montage archive with montages like what we played last night, and we'll play tonight, new montages that I make every week. You'll get access to the digital library of my books, the ones that I've written, including the three main published books. And when you subscribe, you support this show, and you sincerely keep us on air Monday through Friday. You can also buy those books separately on the website, read reviews from other authors and other researchers and radio hosts. The books are Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy and the Technological Elixir, which has kind of become uh, an all-encompassing text for pretty much everything we discuss on this show in the, let's call it, the physical, material reality. And Occult Arcana is more about the unseen reality. And all three of those books, including Food Philosophy, link up together as part of um, a trilogy. Uh, although I didn't intend for them to be written that way. They kind of link up in that manner. Those, again, are on the website. It's www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And, of course, on Patreon now. You can become a patron for behind-the-scenes videos and more. You can let us know what you want to see or hear. And I will try to produce that content for you. It's all at www.thesecretteachings.info. So a couple of months ago, we had this big report that came out from the IPCC. I did a show on it. I called it, Are You Down With IPCC? You know, like OPP. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. This is the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, right? Or, you know, this whole idea 
that carbon dioxide is a threat to the planet. I've said from the very beginning when I learned about all of this, it's very alien. It's it's something that, you know, let's think in a science fiction form here for a moment. In a sophisticated alien invasion, you know, if I were writing a script for a movie, maybe a TV show, I think it would be a really great idea to have advanced extraterrestrials come to planet Earth, or maybe they come from another dimension. And like in the story and in the movie, War of the Worlds, these aliens who had stored their ships on planet Earth and then had shot down into the ships in these bolts of lightning, and then the big tripod ships activate with the whoa, and uh, they come up out of the ground and they start vaporizing people. They had uh, they had planned that invasion for, for, what was it, like millions of years. And uh, although they planned it for millions of years, super advanced, humans still won in the end because the aliens were, were unable to tolerate our environment. And one of the ideas about extraterrestrial or, you know, other dimensional beings, species, aliens, call them whatever... Uh, in science fiction in particular, and, and even in mainline science where people theorize about aliens, that they're coming to Earth for resources. And, I mean, that even goes back to some of the the expanded upon through, I think, hyperbole stories of ancient Sumeria and the Sitchin account and others who have taken that and turned it into something else. But it's very alien, this idea that the oxygen of plants is a toxic pollutant to planet Earth. And so you have the IPCC, and you have the United Nations, and you have multinational corporations, and you have big mega banks that all get together and decide we need to do something about climate change. Of course, they used to call it global cooling. Time magazine published articles about global cooling which actually might have been more accurate. And then it changed to global warming. And when people were able to dispute the fact that the planet wasn't actually warming consistently, they had to change the name to climate change, something that you can't really dispute because the climate changes all the time. The climate here where I'm living in upstate New York has gone from sunny and warm a week ago to raining now for the last, well, last three, four, four days or something like that. It's been raining. It's raining right now. So climate changes. It shifts. And if we only look at a tiny part, a tiny portion of the graph of temperature increases and decreases, then we only get a tiny part of the image, of course, which is extremely biased, especially when it's used politically to suggest that, look, the temperature is increasing. A scientific fact, however, that fact is not in context with the other scientific facts when you blow up the whole chart and you see that the temperature, although it might be increasing, it's increased in the past and then it's dropped substantially. And in fact, it's increased so much in the past that around 800 A.D. for a few hundred years till about 1400 A.D., the temperature of the Earth was actually hotter than it is today. They call this the medieval warm period, something the IPCC 
completely ignored and cut out of their assessments. That's a big piece of history. That's pre-industrial. How was the temperature of the planet hotter? Now, what they do is they say, actually, that is a true thing. That happened. So it was hotter in the past. But they say the, re- the reasoning, the result of solar activity greatly contributed to a hotter climate. So they acknowledge the sun plays a significant role in climate while simultaneously saying the sun has nothing to do, natural cycles have nothing to do with 20th, 21st century climate change. It's baffling to wrap your head around this, but this is what they ask the public to do. So the IPCC put out this big report in 2021, and they've got all these different versions of it that are going to policy leaders and Coming up here in just a few days, and rightfully so for Halloween, it's a scary subject. October 31st through November 12th, the United Nations is holding their COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow, UK. Glasgow, I believe, is also where our good friend Kev Baker lives, and it's one of the first smart cities. You know, these smart cities that are supposed to be environmentally friendly when the smart city is really just a city that is based on technology that is meant to control with 24-hour, seven-day-a-week surveillance and monitoring of its citizens. It has nothing to do with the climate. It has everything to do with controlling people. Now, this COP26 was delayed because of the so-called pandemic. They're considering this meeting to be the most important gathering on climate change since 200 countries adopted the Paris Climate Agreement in 2015. It's interesting because the people that you would think would be very opposed to the Paris Agreement are those that um, they, they tend to be in favor of it. In fact, really interesting little piece of, uh, piece of information here that, well, I think you should know this. This was back in April of 2017, CNN reporting something that was actually true. That big oil, who you would think would be opposed to the Paris Climate Agreement, big oil was not opposed to the agreement. Big oil was opposed to, at the time, President Trump's withdrawal from the Paris Climate Deal. Big oil, like BP and Exxon and Chevron and Royal Dutch Shell, All of them were eager to participate, and not just for public relations purposes. They were eager to participate in this climate agreement in Paris. And when the president tried to pull the United States out, of course, politically speaking, that caused an issue. People were very upset, depending on their political stance. But big oil companies, who you would think Logically, they'd be opposed to this. They were for it. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One, of course, is they can invest in new technologies that will make them money under these new deals and agreements and arrangements. And two, these climate agreements also tend to shut down the competition of some of these large corporations, like clean burning coal, for example. And there's a lot of other reasons. It's not the point of tonight's show, but it's important to understand that before we can go any further. 
it's important to understand that let's say let's say we just forget the last two years for a moment. A lot of the things that are happening, including passports to travel, would have been unthinkable even two years ago. Now we need passports like Israel is using, what they call a green pass, to prove that you've been quote-unquote fully vaccinated or have recovered from the so-called virus, the so-called disease, in order to access certain locations like restaurants, bars, cafes, and other indoor venues. In places like Australia, you've got to have your little green pass in order to go buy groceries. Some might say the green pass is effectively the mark of the beast. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But the green pass just so happens to be directly connected with the green movement. Of course, not just by name, but because if you don't take your shot, that's what's going to prevent you from being able to access these venues now. But what happens in a couple of months when the World Economic Forum and this UN meeting in Glasgow, what happens when they decide to implement the policy that some nations will have to force citizens to offset their carbon emissions in order to access certain venues? You won't be able to drive as much. You won't be able to fly as much because unless you buy carbon offsets, carbon credits, which you can't afford that probably, but people like Al Gore who own some of the big companies, they can afford it. They can fly on private jets. They can have 10 or 15 houses. They can drive 30 sports cars, but you can't. You know, the person with the little Honda Civic from, from 1998, it barely gets them to work, and you work your, your butt off 40 hours a week, and you can barely pay rent. Well, guess what? Now you have to take community transportation. Now you have to take, if you have your shot, you have to take your, your Uber. If you don't have your shot, you can't even do that. So they want to make this about carbon emissions, which implies, just like a mask or a vaccine does, that if you don't have the mask or the vaccine, you are dangerous. They have taken this idea of a virus and a contagion and asymptomatic transmission as the new form of carbon emission. So the virus is basically the carbon emission. You as a human are poisonous because you are exhaling carbon dioxide. I mean, there were studies done last year, 2020, showing that because people were wearing masks, carbon emissions were falling, which is a preposterous notion considering that of all the people on planet Earth breathing, that just the breath itself is, is so minuscule compared to large industry and, and big companies like BP and Shell. But they, they're the ones that want the restrictions. Why? Because it doesn't restrict them. It restricts you. That's the, that's the thing. That's the reality. That's what we're dealing with. So... When you start to look at it from that point of view, you realize, and this is not the, the theme of tonight's show, but you start to realize the mask prevents you from breathing. How would they get you to stop breathing so much? Well, they tell you that you're spreading a disease and you could get other people sick and you could get sick, so you wear the mask. It has nothing to do with COVID-19. It has everything to do with carbon emissions. It has everything to do with treating you as if you're a dirty, filthy animal, a disgusting, repulsive human being. And that carbon dioxide the oxygen of plants, which then those plants produce oxygen for us to breathe, that this is some kind of pollutant, this is some kind of toxin, this is some kind of terrible thing in the environment that is a danger to plants. It's a danger to animals. It's a danger 
to human civilization. It's a danger to, most importantly, planet Earth. And you know, it's like, we've talked a lot about UFOs and UAPs this week. It's very similar because this idea that UAPs and UFOs are a threat to national security doesn't address the question of whether or not those UFOs and UAPs are a threat to human civilization. They might be a threat to governments. They might be a threat to national security. They might be a threat to nuclear weapons and nuclear technology. But they might not be a threat to you or I. At least some of them. Some of them might actually be trying to help you and I, in a sense. They're historically shutting down nuclear weapons, and they're stopping ICBM missile tests. And, and now, world leaders want to use atomic energy. They want to use nuclear energy as part of the green movement, one of the most non-green things on planet Earth. Why? It's completely backwards. So this whole idea of vaccines and masks just takes the place of the carbon emission issue. How do you get people to stop breathing? How do you get people to stop traveling? How do you get people to stop going out and doing things? This is an artificial engineered collapse of society so that a great reset can be initiated and everything can be overturned and every person willfully walks into their own little prison. And you're a dirty, filthy human for breathing. That's what is being implied. That's what is being said. And this is now extending into the world of sports. There's a new NHL team in Seattle, and they have a completely renovated new stadium called the Climate Pledge Arena. I want to tell you about that tonight on The Secret Teachings and how that relates to everything else we've been discussing on the show relating to the Hydra. Tonight we'll talk a little bit about the Kraken and Cthulhu. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. The music tonight by White Bat Audio. Find them on YouTube. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Email rdgable at yahoo.com. And check us out on Patreon. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings.
name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support the secret teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support the secret teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals four numerically, and that with its three sides equals seven, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though, but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake C. CG images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles or that delta waves place people into a diseased, unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that delta extracted from the Norse Volknut means fertility. These are the patterns that we see and the observations that we make on The Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us rdgable at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio. The 2021 IPCC report will be the basis for the COP26 Climate Summit beginning on Halloween in Glasgow, UK. Ironically, this summit was delayed by the events of the previous two years, COP26 being an extension of the Paris deal from 2015 in which big oil was one of the biggest proponents A lot of people don't know that. Prior to the last two years, one could have wondered 
And one may have wondered how CO2 would be curbed in halting air travel, car usage, and breathing. A lot of researchers have pointed this out, that this is the ultimate end game. The complete control of civilization and human movement and behavior, thoughts and actions. What you can and can't do and when you can and can't do it. How would you get people to stop traveling by their car? How would you stop air travel? How would you stop people from breathing? How would you get people to willfully block their airways so they don't emit carbon dioxide or furthermore have children? Well, lockdowns and masks, etc. have taken the place of carbon dioxide as an image in a fight to preserve the status quo and to prevent the spread of a disease that the machines in the matrix saw as humans. The little green pass is part of that. Now, in Seattle, there's an NHL expansion team called the Kraken. You probably know the mythology of the Kraken. And some of you who are very keen researchers probably recognize the relationship that the Kraken has with the Hydra. Spectre. And the further irony of Big Oil wanting to have the Paris deal and wanting to have further agreements in COP26, considering that big oil is, of course, black oil or black goo. Five years ago, backed by hundreds of millions of dollars, of course, that money doesn't go to the public. It goes, in a lot of big cities, to sporting venues. In the heart of uptown Seattle, a group called Oak View Group, an arena management company, saw an opportunity to build something new. They envisioned a luxury, expansive facility with skyline views and ultra-modernity. In 2018, they got their wish. The NHL decided to put a new hockey team in Seattle. So developers began their renovation of the historic Key Arena. The Oak View Group CEO, Tim Lovecki wanted this to be dedicated, quote, to not just the cause of our lifetime and our generation, the cause of our planet. So they went about to make what they consider to be one of the most, if not the most, environmentally friendly sports venues in the world. With all these innovations, and they consider one of the biggest innovations to be the, the name of the arena. It's funny enough, just reading an article about this from Yahoo Sports, the way that they described this stadium, they said, of all the innovations, quote, the biggest being the three words that now glow atop the iconic pyramidal roof. And what are those three words? Climate Pledge Arena. Of course, a pledge is something that you might give in a secret society, as part of a ritual, as part of a fraternity. You are pledging to the climate, pledging to the earth. My first thought is cult, the cult pledge arena. And the pyramidal roof is interesting considering when you look at CG images of SARS-CoV-2, you have those little red triangles on it, right? Do you watch the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics, 
Of course, red string is very popular and iconic in Japanese culture and myth and lore, linking things together through this invisible red wire. If you watch that opening ceremony, though, they use the red wire to create basically a ball of little red triangles. And last night during the show, we talked about the Skynet paradox and how the logo of Skynet is a red triangle. So let's keep all that in mind as we work through this tonight because it'll become more apparent what it all means. According to the CEO of Oakview Group, Tim Lewecki, he said that uh, he was terrified by the things that Jeff Bezos had to say who was bidding for Amazon to have some kind of promotion with the uh, stadium in Seattle. Tim said that uh, he had, quote, figured out how to scare the hell out of us, end quote. Uh, Tim Lewecki, the Oak View Group CEO, just told you the whole thing. That's pretty much what it's all about, scaring the hell out of you without using honest data. That's what it's all about. They don't use honest data. They cut things out they don't like. They take things out of context. And they try to scare the hell out of people. It's a bomb cyclone. It's a rain bomb. I saw that in Al Gore's second movie. The second Inconvenient Truth. And they're showing video of Tucson, Arizona. And they have a monsoon season in Tucson, Arizona. A lot of people don't know that. You get a few months of rain around August every evening. And Al Gore shows rain, a monsoon, and he says, this is what we call a rain bomb. It's terrifying. This is the desert. They're not supposed to have rain. Just playing on people's outright ignorance. So as Lavecki said, Jeff Bezos figured out how to scare the hell out of us. It's probably one of the most honest statements you'll ever hear about climate change. That's what it's all about, scaring the hell out of you. Playing on your emotions. Of course you want to save the planet. Of course, of course, of course. Now, Lavaki or Lavecki, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Like a lot of other people, he said that he realized that the earth is in grave danger. I can't help but think of the irony in that, considering that it seems as if the earth is, or human civilization is, facing down some kind of at least ideological alien invasion that sees humans, like the machines in the Matrix, as a virus. You are a plague to this planet. Morpheus is told as he's, he's tied up and they're trying to extract information from him about the last human city, Zion. Human beings are a disease, says the agent. You're a plague, and we are the cure, says the hyper-advanced AI, an extension of Skynet from the Terminator universe. According to scientists all over the world, human activity is sending global temperatures rising, and they're going to continue to rise until humans do something to drastically curb their greenhouse gas emissions. It doesn't matter if NASA is publishing on their website that there has never been according to their records, such a proliferation of green life on planet Earth that forests are exploding with life. 
I'm not talking about deforestation. I'm talking about, in general, forests are exploding with life. Forests are growing at a rapid rate, according to NASA. Why? Because there is a little bit more carbon dioxide in the environment, and you need that to have a functioning ecosystem. But these people don't even want to limit carbon dioxide. You know, maybe the average climate enthusiast does. They want to eliminate carbon dioxide. That's preposterous. That means life support systems fail. Humans, animals, plants die. The planet becomes barren. Kind of sounds like the dystopic future that the birth strikers and the quote-unquote extinction rebellion, they name themselves extinction rebellion while they actively work to make life on planet Earth extinct. Birth strikers. We're not having children until we stop climate change. No, you don't want to have children because you either hate families or brainwashed or you're in on the you're in on the agenda. You understand that this isn't about sustainability, at least for humans or most humans. This is about eradicating a large portion of the world's population and making the remainder subservient to the few who remain. That's what preventing air travel and car travel, and breathing, and having children. Not only are these, politically speaking, ideologies of, of, of extremist, uh, of an extremist variety, of which they all have names, but ultimately this is ideologically, at the least, alien thinking. This is literally about taking control of human civilization across the globe, shutting down the production of all things, putting people into little boxes, preventing them from moving, traveling, or doing anything else, and monitoring and controlling them 24 hours a day in their little smart worlds with their phones and their tablets and their TVs. And and we used to think, how could anybody do this? How, How could the general public be convinced there are billions of people? People won't put up with this. They won't do it. Well, they will if they're told that there's a virus, right? They wouldn't deal with it. They wouldn't think about it if it's just carbon dioxide. I have to breathe. Of course, I'm not going to stop myself from breathing. But if you tell people there's a virus, oh, my God, it changes very quickly, very rapidly. You don't think that the Rockefeller lockstep plan that's in black and white writing published by the Rockefeller Foundation just took a wild shot in the dark and got it right, did you? They plan it. So this new hockey team in Seattle caught my attention. Because they have, I guess, it's a a completely carbon-neutral arena. The pyramidal roof at the top. It's not red, though. It's a green pyramid. Underneath of the green, of course, is very, very red, if you catch my drift. It's called the Climate Pledge Arena. That's the new arena of the Seattle Kraken. And one of the ways they made this building efficient, and some of these things I agree with, They muzzled gas lines midway through the construction process. Pretty sure that should be done in all construction. They uh, committed to decarbonization. Uh, That's so vague, that could mean anything. That could mean strangling fans as they walk into the stadium and killing them so they don't breathe. Uh, They have a 740,000 square foot facility powered by clean energy. That's kind of vague, too. They did say they put solar panels on the facility. Again, that's something that, you know, that should be subsidized. Uh, Electrical stoves, 
and uh, electric dehumidification. Uh, I guess one giant electric dehumidification system throughout the whole facility. Uh, that's also strange to me considering that electricity has to be generated somewhere. So they're probably burning coal and other things to generate the energy. Or maybe they just decided let's make it nuclear. So there's a complete nuclear meltdown and Seattle has to be evacuated like Chernobyl. Maybe that's the angle they're going for. Because, you know, nuclear energy is so much safer than burning clean coal. Nevertheless, they say this is a carbon-neutral facility, or it's very close at least. They've banned single-use plastics, and they've devised a rain-to-rink system whereby they'll funnel rainwater that hits the roof into a 15,000-gallon underground cistern and turn it into the hockey team's home ice. That sounds kind of cool to me. I'm, I'm all into that. I love hockey. That sounds like a cool way to make, to make ice. Collect rainwater, put it in a big tank, and then use it to make the ice. That's something I can get on board with. I can get on board with uh, muzzling gas lines midway through construction. I, I, I can get on board with a lot of this stuff. Um, but the idea that just because you have electric stoves, if they're not powered by solar panels, that that's going to save the environment, that's preposterous because you have to generate the electricity somewhere. And, and the idea that you're going to ban single-use plastic bags and then instead use paper, which is heavier, it costs more to produce, more to transport, it doesn't it de degrade as easily depending on the kind of paper. It, it, it's less environmentally friendly, so that doesn't make any sense to me. But, but I really like the idea of the rain-to-rink system. I like turning the rainwater into the ice, especially considering that you think of rain and water and the kraken and the ocean and the mythology. That's kind of cool. You're just taking rainwater. You know, at some point, I'm sure it was evaporated some from the ocean, and you're turning it into the, to, to the, into the ice of the stadium. That's, that's a really cool thing, I think. They're also going to have uh, concessions with plant-based, locally sourced food. And they're going to donate untouched leftovers to nearby food banks and shelters. Again, that's something that all stadiums should have been doing. I mean, anybody who's in food service should be doing that. A lot of people do do that. A lot of businesses do do that. And although I eat plant-based, and I try to eat locally sourced, I know that there's another angle here. I know the angle is, we prefer that you don't eat meat. Now, Bill Gates gets to eat meat. You just don't get to eat meat. Mao Zedong gets to eat meat. You don't get to eat meat. Stalin gets to eat meat. You don't get to eat meat. Chancellor Sutton gets to eat meat. You don't get to eat meat. Is this real butter? I haven't had real butter since I was a little girl. Where did you get it? I robbed a supply train going to Chancellor Sutler's. Plant-based, locally sourced food. Sounds like a good idea. Although I don't know how that will be carried out. And I know that it's all about anti-meat. And although I'm not a big fan of meat and I don't eat meat, I haven't eaten meat for probably a decade, I know that there's another angle to that. They're also going to have composting and recycling. Sounds logical to me. Recycling is partly a scam, I think, but they should absolutely have composting. And they're targeting a, a waste diversion rate of 97%. They're doing much of what, quote-unquote, sustainability experts recommend. So this new stadium for the Seattle Kraken sounds pretty good. I really like the rain to rink. That's really cool. Uh, I like the, uh, the idea of serving some plant-based foods. That's cool. But, you know, let's be honest. I'm a hockey fan. I've gone to hockey games for my whole life. I've been to the NHL playoffs. Um I didn't get to go to the Stanley Cup final in 2004. I was very young, but I do have tickets from it. 
Uh, I like hockey. I love hockey. And I got to tell you, you go to a hockey game, it's a lot more rowdier than a football game. There's a lot more manly men at a hockey game typically than there is a football game in my experience. So I'm not exactly sure how they expect to get hockey fans to eat plant-based. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe for, and this isn't a derogatory term, this is a real thing, maybe for some of the women that go that are hockey whores, they go to pick up guys. That's like a thing. Maybe they'll want the plant-based food, but I can't imagine you're going to get like hardcore hockey fans to go in and eat plant-based food. I just, I don't see how that's going to happen, you know. But, uh, you know, this is the stadium. It sounds pretty good to me. This is the Carbon Neutral Arena or the Climate Pledge Arena. And I don't, I don't see why you have to name it Climate Pledge. They, they got a virtue signal as if this is some big important thing when, well, what are they doing? They're recycling? They're, they're, they're serving like a veggie burger? They're turning rainwater into the, the, the ice? I mean, that all sounds like something that every stadium should be doing from Staples Center to uh, Amelie Arena. They all should be doing this, and maybe they they'll start doing that. Like if I owned an arena, this is what I would do. And or if I was you know involved in some part of this process, I'd be like, look, we're not involved in the green movement. We want nothing to do with COP twenty six. We want nothing to do with the Paris Agreement. We want nothing to do with these big oil companies. But we will absolutely take the idea of turning rainwater into ice. I mean, that's a great thing. You could do that in places like in Tampa, where I'm from. There's so much rain, so much water. Just turn. Why can't we just do that? Why can't we just turn the rain into, I mean, they, they call them the Tampa Bay Lightning because Tampa has like the highest number of lightning strikes per region on planet Earth. So why can't we just take some of the rain that comes along with that and turn that into the ice? I don't know. I'll, I'll be on that all night. But that's a really good idea. I like that. That's really cool. But they're, they're concerned about something else. Though. They're concerned about the fans because the fans are going to be traveling to these games. And hockey fans... Hockey fans are tough fans. They're passionate fans. According to experts, vague experts that exist in some other dimension, we don't know who they are, we don't know what they believe, we don't know who pays them, we don't even know if they're real. But experts estimate, according to Yahoo News, that depending on the venue and the event, 50 to 80% of the carbon footprint comes from spectator travel. From thousands of fans driving gas-guzzling environment-polluting vehicles to games, team travel on fossil-fueled airplanes, all of this contributes greatly to the carbon footprint. So they want to find a way to get fans to not drive those gas-guzzling, environmentally you know, polluting vehicles. Which, like with any sport, you know, you've got you know, a hockey kid or a football kid, you know, you're driving the hockey team or the football team or something to practice, you know, I don't know if did those suburban moms even exist or suburban dads exist anymore. But I get they probably do. Uh, I don't. I don't know how you're going to drive those kids if you don't have a, a gas guzzling vehicle. You're not going to stick them all in a Prius. You're going to have to stick them in a bus or something. It's good. Something's going to. But I guess maybe they're okay with that if you have a giant GMC SUV. As long as you know, you're not using three or four cars. As long as you carpool, I guess they're okay with that. Um, something I always thought. You know, when I first heard over over a decade ago when I was in like middle school climate stuff climate change all this stuff I used to think like and this was just like me as an innocent kid I'd think well if they're so concerned about carbon emissions and fossil fuels why 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 is NASCAR a thing all they're doing is driving around a track hundreds of miles isn't that like isn't that polluting (laughs) I I used to think as a kid and I guess 
that's one of the things now they're they're saying that teams travel with these fossil fueled airplanes fossil fueled airplanes how about coal powered electrical stoves that you have hooked up in your stadium how about extremely dangerous nuclear reactors you know they tend to melt down every once in a while i can name three off the top of my head three mile island chernobyl fukushima But what do I know, right? So, of course, the solution is to incentivize eco-friendly modes of transportation. Experts urge teams to replace sprawling parking lots with bike racks and electric car charging stations. Very nice. Very convenient. Because everybody has an electrical car. To use political cloud and financial resources to bring public transit as close as possible, they say, to their front doors. And they say the Kraken have done that in order to reach net zero. They'll also, like a lot of companies and governments, purchase offsets. Oh, so I can pay Al Gore to breathe. Fantastic. I've always wanted to give a rich millionaire eugenicist piece of trash more money. I can't see how people can't grasp this concept. Al Gore, Barack Obama, you remember Marie Strong who had to hide out because of the crimes he was guilty of. Remember the remember back in the 90s, remember Rio de Janeiro and the climate summit. Remember the 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 um the round table groups, the Club of Rome. Remember the Club of Rome said that they want to use environmentalism as a means to reshape society, not to protect the environment, to protect their assets, to protect their wealth and their power. Remember when they said they wanted to use the the image of pollution to get people to do what they tell them to do. Remember all that back in the 90s? Yeah, 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 back in the 1990s, 30 years ago. Who remembers any of that, right? But you can pay Al Gore. You could pay Barack Obama. I mean, that's who owns these big offset, uh, offset companies. You can just purchase. So basically, I pay you, or I pay the World Bank. The World Bank said they need $4 trillion to stop climate change. What does the World Bank know about climate change? As far as I'm concerned, you made the whole thing up. You make money up, so you probably made the whole idea of climate change up, right? $4 trillion, even if I had $4 trillion, why would I write the head of the World Bank who can just print $4 trillion? Why would I write the head of the World Bank a $4 trillion check? Can anybody explain that to me? Look it up. $4 trillion, that's what they said like six years ago. They said the World Bank was like, we need $4 trillion to fight climate change. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like a gas station robbery. Give me everything in the cash register. You know, sounds like a bank robbery. Yeah, we uh, we need four trillion. Uh, or it's like um, it's like a hostage situation in a movie. We're gonna need four trillion dollars, or we're gonna kill your daughter. Drop it unmarked bills in the trash can on Third Street. No cops. That's what it sounds like to me. So it's very alien, ideologically speaking. Seattle Kraken are the first team to play in a stadium like this, although a group called Footprint, a material science company, they've, uh, they've gone around to other teams. Uh, Susan Kohler, chief marketing officer, have gone to the Phoenix Suns in Arizona. They've, gone to, uh, they've actually rebranded the Phoenix Suns Arena Footprint Center. That's one of the most asinine, stupid names I've ever heard. Um, and they've established uh, a number of other teams that want to work together. Uh, the NFL and the NBA in general uh, 
Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons, Seattle Seahawks, and the Warriors, among other teams. According, and this is what get, really gets me. Listen to the way they word this in the Yahoo News article. These teams are doing, quote, good. They're doing good, green work. And if you don't agree with it, then you're doing bad, polluting work. They never tell you that either. They, don't, they never tell you about the difference between pollution, like, I don't know, big chemical companies, and what they consider to be the driving force of climate change. They, they, they say carbon dioxide is a pollutant, yet in order to create a sustainable world, we need to have chemicals sprayed and produced by crops that are owned by multinational corporations that pollute more in a day than you'll pollute in a, in a year. But they've got a bunch of teams ready to do this. And when I read that article, it's up on the website at thesecretteachings.info. I read that article about the Seattle Kraken. I thought, there was an article in the USA Today back in 2016. And I, I remember uh, reading the article in the actual newspaper. I cut it out and I taped it to a, a piece of computer paper and I saved it. And I uh, included the article itself in my book, The Technological Elixir. I went into the Grove Hotel in Boise, Idaho. When I was living in Boise, I picked up a USA Today. I opened it up and I saw this article. It was about a report commissioned by Delaware North, a food and vendor service company. And they said that they foresaw course it's all part of a plan they foresaw back in 2016 a future quote in which genetically enhanced athletes compete in stadiums that hold 250,000 roaming fans who get this who arrive in self-driving self-parking vehicles that free up all that space where parking lots once were end quote that's a report from Delaware North in 2016 as written about in the USA Today newspaper. I can't help but think that, quote, a quarter million, or I should say a quarter million roaming, quote, fans who arrive in self-driving, self-parking vehicles that free up all that space where parking lots once were seems a little familiar to what some of these climate groups want to do in the NBA, in the NFL, in the NHL in general. You know, that's where the athletes play. They want to have incentives for eco-friendly modes of transportation. Yahoo News, Yahoo Sports reported experts urge teams to replace sprawling parking lots with bike racks and electric charging stations for cars. Huh. That's what Delaware North said five years ago. Fans who arrive in self-driving, self-parking vehicles. Now, are they all just envisioning this because... They magically woke up one day and had the same idea? Or is there a lot of money involved? You know, I did a little bit of research on Delaware North. And I found something that was... It, it, it made me uh, sit back in my chair and go, Huh. I didn't know this. But did you know that the new governor of New York State, state that I'm in, unfortunately... Kathy Hochul, her husband Bill, 
is a former prosecutor who's now the general counsel at Delaware North. Now, if you don't know what Delaware North is, it's an entertainment and food management company, and it has $39 million of contract in New York State to manage all the food and beverages at Thruway Stops. It also has an additional $10 million contract for food, beverages, and gift shops at Niagara Falls. So let me get this straight. Delaware North, this big food entertainment management company, has roughly $49 million in contracts with gift shops for beverages and for food, with New York State to manage food and beverages at throughway stops. And the general counsel at Delaware North, a former prosecutor, is the governor's husband. Delaware North also operates two upstate casinos, Finger Lakes Gaming and Hamburg Gaming. And Kathy Hochul, the new governor, is now in charge of the New York State Gaming Commission. And get this, her daughter-in-law, Christine, is a pharmaceutical lobbyist in Washington, D.C. So... I don't think I really need to comment much more. Her son's also a, um, a private attorney. And uh, her other daughter, her real daughter, works for a PR firm whose clients include the Department of Defense, the Department of Justice, and the Environmental Protection Agency. And this is the Delaware North behind green sports and genetically modified athletes. Same thing going on up there in Seattle, Washington. I'm Ryan Gable, and when we come back, we will release the Kraken. Stay with us. www.thesecretteachings.info There's more after this. Lighting the void with the secret teachings of all ages. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books. Available in PDF and soft cover with free shipping in the United States. 
For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something very interesting with you. It's no mistake that the CDC began recommending masks in April of 2020, and that people immediately had trouble adapting or breathing, just a few weeks before George Floyd died in Minneapolis. After his death, people began chanting, I can't breathe, on May 26th. It's no mistake that in June, this man with black skin, who had been turned into a god, was placed into a golden coffin, a real-life reenactment of the killing of Osiris in Egyptian myth. It's no coincidence the same month that this took place in the Twin Cities, a Twin Summit was taking place with the World Economic Forum, the implications of which we look at on The Secret Teachings. And these are the patterns and observations that we make on the show five nights a week, broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. So are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhance and improve sound quality, edit others, offer processing, slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volume, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and allow to measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Eastern here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. It is time for the mortal soul to pay. My child waits to do your will. Your Seattle Kraken! 
I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting Monday through Friday, the same time each night, right here on The Fringe FM. Thank you for joining us tonight, whenever and wherever you're listening. You can contact the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Find us on Patreon. Search The Secret Teachings for behind-the-scenes content and more. Check out our affiliate sponsor, Pro and Water Filters. The link and the image is on our website. And, of course, while you're there, grab a book to support the show and or subscribe to the archive to get access to all the shows and the montages, including what you just heard, along with all of my digital books. When you subscribe for one year, you get a physical copy of one of those books for free with free shipping. Just go to www.thesecretteachings.info and support the show today. So we talked about the 2021 IPCC report. It's the basis for the COP26 Climate Summit, which begins on Halloween this year in Glasgow, UK, just a week from now, a little less than a week. It was delayed, uh, ironically, I think, because of the events of the last two years. I think that's why it's ironic, considering... COP26 is an extension of the Paris deal from 2015 in which big oil, black goo, was one of the biggest proponents. And prior to the last two years, one could have wondered, I, I, I certainly wondered, I was always just curious how CO2 could be curbed in halting air travel, car usage, and breathing. And with the events of the last two years... A lot of the icons and symbols and words that we hear, like lockdown and social distance and mask, they've really taken the place of carbon dioxide as a symbol in the fight to prevent the spread of a disease that the machines in the Matrix saw as humans. And of course, certain passports will function as green passes to restrict that travel and general movement. And I was reading about a hockey team in Seattle, Washington, the new team, the Seattle Kraken of the National Hockey League, and their new stadium up there in Seattle. There's a group called Oakview Group, an arena management company that got an opportunity to develop this luxurious, expansive, and what they call ultra-modern sporting arena in uptown Seattle. They got that opportunity in 2018 when the NHL decided to expand to the city. When that happened, developers quickly began the renovation of the historic key arena. Tim Lavecki, the Oak Ridge View Group CEO, wanted the work dedicated to, quote, not just the cause of our lifetime and our generation, the cause of our planet. On the subject of climate, Tim says that Jeff Bezos had, quote, figured out how to scare the hell out of us. Once completed, the arena had three words glowing atop its iconic pyramidal roof. It says, Climate Pledge Arena. 
The stadium has some very reasonable features, including solar panels, electric stoves, and rain-to-rink system, which takes rainfall and turn, stores in a big tank and, store, and then uh, cre- creates uh, the ice out of it. Uh, and, um, I mean, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. They also have locally sourced food, they compost, and they donate leftovers. Those are all things that I can get behind. But the idea that using all electrical is going to save the world doesn't make a lot of sense to me, considering that you have to generate that electricity somehow, and nuclear, nuclear energy, which a lot of world leaders suggest and a lot of non-governmental type groups suggest is the best way to do that. I think that's absolutely preposterous, but... They're also concerned with fans because fans are coming to games and it's estimated that um, depending on the venue, 50 to 80% of the so-called carbon footprint comes from spectator travel. Of course, teams that travel on airplanes contribute to that too. So they want to incentivize eco-friendly modes of transportation. An article from Yahoo Sports said experts urge teams to replace sprawling parking lots with bike racks and electric car charging stations. It's funny because that's actually something that was proposed back in 2016 by a group called Delaware North. Now, Delaware North is a company that runs food and beverage at a lot of sporting stadiums. Delaware North is a company that has, here in the state of New York, a $39 million contract to manage that food and beverage at throughway stops. It has an additional $10 million contract for food, beverages, and gift shops at Niagara Falls. It furthermore, operates two casinos in upstate New York, Finger Lakes Gaming and Hamburg Gaming. Now, the person in charge of New York State's Gaming Commission is Kathy Hochul. She's the governor of New York after the Grabby Hands murderer Cuomo stepped down. And Kathy Hochul, being in charge of the Gaming Commission, seems to be in a compromising position considering that her husband, Bill, a former prosecutor, is now the general counsel at Delaware North. And with the way that Kathy Hochul has been pushing Big Pharma, it probably wouldn't be a surprise if I told you that her daughter-in-law, Christina, is a pharmaceutical lobbyist in Washington, D.C. And it probably wouldn't surprise you if I told you that Kathy Hochul's daughter works for a PR firm representing the Department of Defense and the EPA. None of that should surprise you. None of that is just the happenstance of knowing people in government. That is called corruption. That is called a major conflict of interest. But it also shows you that someone like Kathy Hochul and the general New York State government is all about forcing people to do things against their will, whether it's medical treatment or it's shifting the culture of New York into a green ultimately underneath it's very red, but into a very green ideology. And look, the governor of New York's husband is the general counsel at Delaware North. And look, Delaware North back in 2016, according to the USA Today, 
imagined a future, quote, in which genetically enhanced athletes compete in stadiums that hold a quarter million fans, 250,000 roaming fans. And how do those fans arrive, you might ask? Car, bus, plane, helicopter, teleportation? Well, they arrive, quote, in self-driving, self-parking vehicles that free up all that space where parking lots once were. Now, that's kind of interesting, don't you think, considering that, well, that was five years ago, and now they've uh, begun the process of incorporating that idea, not even mentioning Delaware North. They've incorporated that idea into incentivizing eco-friendly modes of transportation at the new Kraken Dome. I think that would be a much better name. Welcome to the Kraken Dome. Not uh, Climate Pledge Arena. What a pussy name. Who wants to go to Climate Pledge Arena? They're trying to urge fans to take different modes of transportation. Well, guess what? You can't even take some modes of transportation unless you wear your unauthorized not even EUA, one-size-fits-all medical device. You can't take public transportation if you don't do what the government tells you to do. So I guess you won't be going to see the Kraken play if they completely eliminate sprawling parking lots and replace them with bike racks. I'm sure all the overweight hockey fans, and hey, I'm a hockey fan too, I'm sure all the overweight hockey fans are going to hop right on their 1950s bicycle, and they're going to bike through Seattle traffic, and they're going to pull into the climate pledge arena, and then they're going to go inside and eat a veggie burger. Good luck with that. That ain't going to happen. I mean, are they trying to get trendies to come to the hockey game? Because I don't think trendy people like hockey. I don't think trendy people tend to like professional sports or anything where there's like aggressive men playing, you know, or for that matter, aggressive women in women's sports uh, or, or people that like are talented or, you know, people that, you know, might have a voice like that. What's that guy's name in the NBA? Irving. Oh, they don't like him. They don't like Dave Chappelle anymore. Doesn't matter if they're black. That's beside the point. What I was really thinking about was the significance of the name Kraken. I'm sure that you know about the Kraken, right? You've seen those pistachio commercials. Let's get cracking. You know, according to a 13th century Norse legend, this hero named Urva, Udr, and his son came into contact with two big creatures in the ocean. These big, big creatures were kind of like uh, giant octopuses. Or maybe giant squids. They they had tentacles. Big, big creatures. But the kraken in mythology is typically associated with Norse mythology. It was first mentioned in an old Icelandic saga by the name of Uvar Udr, written in the 13th century. And the two monsters that... Uh, the characters encountered were the Lingbaka and the Hafgufu. And both of these creatures were linked to the Kraken. Of course, Kraken comes from the Norwegian word krake. I'm not sure if 
I'm pronouncing that right. I know we have listeners in Norway, so if I'm pronouncing that wrong, please correct me. And etymologists believe that word is related to the German of the same exact spelling, krake, meaning octopus. The kraken isn't really a metaphysical character or a metaphysical creature, considering that it's a very real creature. But, you know, like with the stories of fishermen catching fish, and they're much bigger, right? Or they lost the fish. It's much bigger than, than it really was. There's always that fisherman's tale. That's probably what happened when sailors came across these, these big creatures. Uh, and, I mean, they could have been could have been a, a, a giant dead squid that for some reason had floated to the surface and they brushed up against it and pandemonium and panic, or maybe they smashed into it and the boat sank and, or started to sink and took on water. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that a, that a, that a mythos can form. But before we go any further on that, I, f- I forgot to mention this. If you look at the Green Pyramid atop Climate Pledge Arena... It may not be like the red triangle seen in the CG images of SARS-CoV-2 or the logo of Skynet or the red triangles made from the red wire during the opening ceremony of the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. But with diligent research, one understands how red, both in politics and blood, the green movement actually is, making all of this a little more disturbing. In fact, the green E of the words climate and pledge is also red underneath mirroring the campaign logo for Biden-Harris 2020, where the E is reduced to three red lines. We know that in the 1950s, the three red lines or the three red banners was a call from the Communist Party to the people of China, propagandizing them to build a socialist state. Also known as the three red flags, the three banners represented the party's general line for the construction of a socialist society, starting with the Great Leap Forward. Most of you have heard of Build Back Better. And in the background of this new Kraken Stadium, that's really at the core of all of this, what the Kraken represents, is the famous Seattle Space Needle, which some of you might remember during the 2021 New Year's Eve celebration, there was this virtual light show. And Clyde Lewis and I did a show on this on Ground Zero, and then I did another show here on The Secret Teachings. It's in the archive on the website. And if you watch this video, the Seattle Space Needle virtual light show, Images from the video show the needle as an extension of technology with informational networks emitting outward. And moments later, the needle is enveloped in a strand of DNA before injecting material like a syringe, like a vaccine, into the sky. And the results are cellular reproduction, which are then enclosed inside of a cocoon that opens into a butterfly, metamorphosis. And there's clearly a meaning that can be derived here for genetic modification and the creation of a new form of life through the needle. Think mRNA. Toward the end of the video, the space needle is covered in a pink substance. That pink goo, like the pink substance found in the Moderna vaccines in Japan, is probably very important in relationship to the formation through genetic alteration and through needles of a completely new human genetically altered and merged with machines. And at the core of all of this is that tentacle-like thing, that object, Cthulhu, the Kraken, the Hydra. And if you look at the history of the Kraken, it's 
not even really mythological in the sense that it's like Zeus throwing lightning bolts down or turning himself into like a white bull. It's not like, you know, Horus vanquishing Set or it's not like Osiris judging the dead in the underworld, you know, or it's not like, you know, some mythological future end of the world Armageddon, you know, mythos. It's it's really based on uh, true events. It, it's based on true stories, and it, it, it's also based on, it's like, it's more like a legend. But, but we know there are giant squid, there are giant octopus, there are these creatures that are just monstrous, that are huge. And we also know that, putting the kraken aside for a moment, that you have giant sea creatures that aren't octopus or squid that we know exist, or at least at one point did exist. I mean, the Megalodon, for example, massive, massive, massive shark. So it's mythological in the sense that it's you can't really place your finger on the proof of it, but we understand based on the proof of other things like giant squid or octopus that there definitely are large, terrifying creatures in the ocean. The ocean is generally considered unmapped and uncharted territory. We float, float above it, but below it are things that are terrifying, things that come from science fiction or science fiction mixed with horror. I'm sure there's one or two listeners right now saying, Cthulhu, Cthulhu, Cthulhu. H.P. Lovecraft, The Call of Cthulhu. It's published in the 1920s, I think 1928 or something. Cthulhu is this this alien creature. And you know, it's interesting that scientists have suggested that squid-like creatures are very alien to planet Earth. That um, because of their ability to cloak themselves, uh, the octopus is almost like an alien. They, they can cloak, they have their own propulsion system, they have defense mechanisms, they have multiple brains. They, some of these things have like three brains and nine hearts. Or The octopus is considered very alien. Of course, people will take that and say, the octopus is an alien. Um, maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I'm not saying the octopus is, you know, running, you know, civilization below the ocean that's not what that's how, how we envision it but that's not what an octopus is doing they're they're highly intelligent though you know tentacle like squid like octopus like creatures are considered kind of alien maybe that's where lovecraft got his idea or maybe he took a bunch of drugs and he you know he kind of channeled this kind of stuff so maybe octopus are kind of you know alien in nature but you look look at all the look at, think about this look at all the tentacles look at the tentacles on the octopus tentacles on the squid and think about these giant squid, giant octopus that might have come into contact with sailors hundreds and hundreds of years ago or might have been seen by sailors hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And maybe they were, you know, 50, 100 feet long or something that is quantifiable. And then, of course, the old fisherman's story that, you know, he was 500 feet long, you know, there's the size of a mountain. And it just creates this this legend 
But, you know, the, the Kraken doesn't have these, like, supernatural powers. It's not like Zeus throwing down a lightning bolt or, you know, Horus flying through the air. The, the Kraken is like, it's, it's the mythos of something that's real. Let's put it that way. And Cthulhu has a very, very similar and parallel feel to the idea that the octopus itself is alien and to the idea of the Kraken in the ocean. Because Cthulhu is is alien. And, I mean, if you watch that movie, was it called Underwater? I thought that was pretty good. I didn't particularly like the actress in it, but it was, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It was kind of scary. And at the end, you see this... I didn't read a lot about that movie. I'm not sure if... The, I, I, I imagine they were inspired by Cthulhu. But that creature was was essentially Cthulhu at the bottom of the ocean that destroyed this this giant uh, underwater rig. It's a pretty interesting movie. And so it's a good name. It's a good name for a hockey team. This Seattle Kraken. I don't really like their uniforms, but I I think it's a it's a good name for a hockey team. They they could have put like a Cthulhu like head, you know, or a, a Kraken like head on the the uniform. Why they put a big S on it? It looks like Superman's hockey team. They could have put like the classic image of of a giant squid taking a ship down. Like the ship's half, you know, broken half. And they put that on. That would have been a much cooler jersey. Why do they got to put the S on it? I don't know. That's it's poor design as far as I'm concerned. But they're called the Kraken. So what I thought was, you know, uh, we talked about some of the stuff that's been seen under these Moderna vaccine vials, right? Our Dr. Carrie Madej said that, in her own words, she said that the stuff was like superconducting material, something akin to an injectable computing system. She saw fibers, quote-unquote, and, quote, a little cube structure on them, mimicking a microchip. And she added, metallic fragments were in there. They were not metallic fragments I'm used to seeing, quote-unquote. And on the edge of the slide, Dr. Carrie Madej said that, quote, all the particles, all these colors started to move to the edge, and there was self-assembly going on. Things were growing. They They looked synthetic. Well, of course, the fibers remind me of Morgellons disease, which many believe is caused by nanotechnology and is both self-assembling and maintaining. The metallic fragments she saw in this Moderna vaccine are certainly linked to the same company's black and pink particles that, according to NASDAQ in 2021 in August, reacted to magnets and, quote, was therefore suspected to be a metal. Metallic fragments are furthermore eerily intriguing, considering a 2015 publication in Advanced Materials, self-fueled biomedic liquid metal mollusk, which described a liquid metal motor that can eat aluminum as a food and then move spontaneously and swiftly in various solution configurations and structured channels. In other words, the metal ball that they created was able to propel itself in the presence of metallic fragments by absorbing them. Its ability to squeeze through complex shapes before self-assembling once more might be overlooked as dangerous when a video of the experiment is shown with this comical music playing behind it. And yet it's the prerequisite for the T-1000 robot from Terminator 2. You might think I'm jumping around a lot here, but I promise you this all goes together. It's really odd that anybody could laugh at the notion that these kinds of things are being made in a laboratory, considering the fact that we have mainline medical, scientific, engineering journals reporting on it. But, you know, if you laugh at it saying it's just a movie, you have to consider that, well, 
in the movie, The Terminator, both the machines and Skynet were developed with largely benevolent purposes, not to mention their development had to begin somewhere. Well, they've, they've begun it somewhere. It's, it's there. The liquid metal ball that scientists were able to get to move by itself, this liquid metal made of gallium mixed with indium and tin, powered by aluminum for propulsion, yeah, it's not a killer robot from the future, but it's a warning that takes us back to popular culture, the revelation of the method and predictive programming. Did these movies influence the technological breakthroughs or did technology influence entertainment, which in turn cultivated public acceptance of the open acknowledgement of such technology? A team of researchers at Xingyao University in Beijing, China, chose the gallium because it is liquid under 30 degrees Celsius or about 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Researchers funded by the National Science Foundation also reported in 2014 that this liquid metal could be used in the field of soft robotics. Investment went into determining if the skin that forms over the liquid at room temperature as gallium surface oxidizes could be made stronger. And this would help advance the idea of turning material from clothing to metal into a machine without any working parts, something akin to the T-1000. Scientists at the University of Sussex were also able to develop a similar liquid metal system, as did engineers at Carnegie Mellon University. Both teams announced this in 2017. Now, for those of you who have seen T2 once or twice, it will be obvious that there's a parallel here between modern technology and a film that came out in 1991. T1 came out in 1985. Toward the end of T2, the T-1000 is frozen by liquid nitrogen, allowing Arnold to shatter it with a pistol round. It is only when the frozen parts are exposed to nearby heat that they begin to melt, pull, and reassemble. Now consider for a moment that according to the Centers for Disease Control, frozen COVID-19 vaccines arrive between negative 50 degrees Celsius and negative 15 degrees Celsius. Negative 58 degrees Fahrenheit or 5 degrees Fahrenheit. For unpunctured vials, they have to be stored in a refrigerator between 2 to 8 degrees Celsius, 36 to 46 degrees Fahrenheit for about 30 days. If they're punctured, if they're opened, if the seal is broken, they can only be stored for 12 hours between 36 and 77 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, the Moderna vaccine Dr. Kerry Madej observed contained metallic fragments similar to those that have been used to power liquid metallic robot-like balls in a laboratory. After being disturbed, the liquid metal reassembles. We know black and pink particles of a metallic nature were in Moderna vaccines in Japan from different lots. And as Dr. Madej witnessed, all the particulates, all these colors started to move to the edge, and there was self-assembly. Things were growing, she said. Perhaps the true reason that those vials have to be kept at a certain temperature is not to preserve their life-saving essence, but to preserve a mechanical technology that once placed under a slide at room temperature, or injected into the human body at about 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, begins to self-assemble. This is the revelation in the research that I had and conducted last night. And it all relates to the Hydra, to the Spectre, to the Kraken, and to Cthulhu. It's a very disturbing thing. Oh, not to mention, Dr. Madej also saw a, quote, object or organism end quote, under the slide that, quote, had tentacles coming from it, end quote. Kind of like the Hydra vulgaris, a real animal about 10 to 30 millimeters in size that some scientists consider to be immortal due to its body's ability to rapidly generate 
regenerate through stem cells. You know, or the hydra of myth, the nine-headed serpent able to regrow its head when cut off. Think about it for a moment. We'll be right back. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay with us. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support the secret teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support the secret teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM.
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions, and uh, I'd be willing to come back at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion, so thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Time for the mortals to pay. My child waits to do your will. Let this day be cast by we who ready to wait. The Kraken! The great Cthulhu. Release the Kraken! Cthulhu. Release the Kraken Nation! Your Seattle Kraken! The Great Cthulhu. This is the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Remember that 2021 magazine from about a month ago from The Guardian called Saturday? Day of the week named after Saturn, the god. Where Greta Thunberg, the climate change puppet, was covered in black oil. It was meant to symbolize her fight against oil-based energy. Black substance had engulfed her head, covering her right eye, leaving her left eye visible. It's an almost identical scene to what took place in the music video When the Party's Over by Billie Eilish wherein she transforms from a colorful, talented artist into a possessed music industry pawn. Sitting on a white, next to a white cube on a chair, with this reluctance in her eyes and chains around her neck, she drinks a black liquid. Her demeanor changes immediately after ingesting the liquid. Her right eye begins to cry black oil. Bailey Eilish is one of those pro-green celebrities. And she uses imagery of Lucifer fallen from heaven into oil to represent the burning of the earth. She represents, supposedly, 
the youth's concern for the environment. She also sang the theme song for that new James Bond movie that's been delayed a year for a number of reasons. And what I find really interesting is when you start to look at all of that imagery, you look at that black oil, that black goo that we discussed on last week's show, the calling card of black oil from the X-Files to Star Trek, from Lady Gaga to Billie Eilish to Greta Thunberg. The ultimate goal seems to be to replace organic substance on planet Earth, all under the guise of protecting that organic substance. We've got to protect the climate, protect the environment, protect the animals, protect the plants, and protect some humans. You look at organizations in James Bond like Spectre. Look at Hydra. Look at the Lernaean Hydra of Greek mythology. And the very real animal of the Hydra of Algaris, which lives nearly forever. The Slender Man with the tentacles, the Shadow Monster or the Parasite from Stranger Things, the pure darkness and evil in the Fifth Element. The black technologically liquid, uh, liquid in that little elixir bottle. Always promising us eternal life and delivering nothing but eternal spiritual suffering and disconnection from source. Technologically speaking, programmable matter and self-assembling, maintaining micro or nanosystems that spread throughout the natural world to replace organics with synthetics, smart dust, neurograins, etc. The Q system one quantum computer in a black cube. The revelation of the method of control through popular culture, memes, and predictive programming, preparing us, instructing us, and guiding us through biological and technological assimilation. The thing that consumes us. The thing that we consume for talent, wealth, fame, virtue. That devours us like making a deal with the devil. The end goal is to stop air travel virtually altogether. To stop traveling in your car. Stop having children. They'll still be planes. They'll still be cars. You'll just have to be approved to use them. They'll still be children. You'll just have to be approved to have them if you're not totally sterilized. This is the brave new world. This is the call of Cthulhu. And why do I bring up Cthulhu? Well, think about it. Think about the spindly nature of Slenderman. Think about the shadow monster. Think about Spectre. Think about Hydra, the Hydra Vulgaris. Think about the Greek Hydra. All these creatures with tentacles, the parasites, that black oil, that black possessing substance that is both synthetic and biologic. Think about what has been seen under the microscope of certain vials from certain companies. Think about what was announced in Japan, a black and pink substance that was metallic in some of those vials. Moderna never disputed that it was in there. They just said, don't worry, it's safe. They want to keep these vials at a certain temperature. And I wonder why. Could it be that, as has been viewed under a microscope, there's self-assembly that goes on once they are exposed to a certain temperature? Kind of reminds me of the T-1000 robot. Frozen liquid nitrogen, 
And then when the heat from the surrounding area starts to get to the liquid nitrogen, he melts and begins to pull and turns back into the T-1000 machine. There's little metal fragments that were seen in those vials. We know in laboratories, those little metal fragments, they power self-assembling liquid metal machines. This has been done in a laboratory in China. Take one of these vials, inject it into the human body. It only lasts for 12 hours, but if you take a punctured vial, according to the CDC, the highest temperature you can keep this vial at is 77 degrees before it's no good anymore. I'm sure there's a lot of explanation for that that has nothing to do with what I'm saying, but I find it interesting because the melting point of gallium is just a few degrees higher than 77 degrees, and gallium is the metal they're using for these liquid metal robots. Tiny ones in a laboratory, not killer robots, but tiny ones in a laboratory. They power them with little shavings of metal. And what do you see under the microscope? Shavings of metal. Fibers. Things that look like microchips, little squares on the fibers. And they begin self-assembly at a certain temperature. You think it's all a big joke? I'm not laughing. I don't think it's a big joke. Not to mention other things like little objects with tentacles in those vials. And maybe a lot of that is made up. A lot of that's false. But nevertheless, the narrative is still very much intact of black goo, black oil, and the call of Cthulhu, the call of the Hydra, the call of the Spectre, Hail Hydra, Hail Spectre, Hail Cthulhu, this alien force that came from somewhere else that inhabits our planet out of sight, in the depths of the ocean, in large caverns somewhere underground, metaphorically, perhaps, or perhaps literally. And the Hydra Vulgaris is a real animal. Some scientists think that it's immortal. Again, it kind of sounds like science fiction. It kind of sounds like Cthulhu. It kind of sounds alien. Maybe the Hydra of Greek myth, the serpent that can regrow its heads when it's cut off, it's based on scientific observation in the same way that the Kraken is based off of real observations of giant squid or giant octopus. It's a real thing. To what extent is it real is up for debate, but it's certainly a real thing. You know, the new hockey team, the Seattle Kraken, they have this Climate Pledge Arena Stadium, the big green pyramid roof. And it's supposed to be environmentally friendly, and they've got these incentives for fans to come to the games, eco-friendly modes of transportation. The same thing that a company called Delaware North proposed back in 2016 to have self-parking cars, self-driving cars, and vehicles dropping people off. So there isn't a lot of space for a parking lot, exactly what was proposed by those working with the Seattle Kraken. And so when you look at what climate pacts are, climate deals, climate contract, climate agreements. It's an agreement to choke the life support systems of Earth, not to protect them, not to save them, to choke them. How would you get people to stop breathing, stop having kids, stop traveling, stop taking planes, stop taking cars? 
Oh, there's a disease. Remember what the AI in the Matrix said? Human beings are a plague. They are a disease. And we are the cure. Green is not so green. Green is very red. Green is very artificially intelligent, if you will. And rather than having a discussion on it, articles like this one from Yahoo News just simply say, those who do this type of work are doing good. Those who don't are doing bad. Really simple, like a naughty or nice list. Do what your parents tell you to do. Santa brings you presents. Don't do it. You get coal. Are you good or are you bad? I think it's a little more complicated than no, 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 no. Good or bad. You either like the planet or you don't like the planet. I like the planet. I just don't support you. No, 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 no. It's good or bad. It's one or the other. It's a very simple fallacy. You're either with us or you're against us. Scientists just developed a a method to deprive certain embryos, if they're frog embryos, of oxygen, of air. And they survived. And some are speculating that they can apply this to humans. We wouldn't be able to, we wouldn't have to breathe anymore. It's such a hassle to breathe. Why would they want to cut off your breath? Because we emit carbon. It's killing the planet. I think toxic chemicals are far greater a threat to the planet than me going like this. Wouldn't you agree? But they don't want to talk about those. They want to talk about pesticide-producing crops and the few people that own the farmland and the patents on the genetically engineered crops or the investments in the fake meats to replace the real meat. Is this real butter? Where did you get it? Well, of course, you got it from they got it from the the chancellor's train. The chancellor gets to have real butter. You don't. You get to eat insects. You know what else doesn't breathe? A machine. Why do you think something like transgenderism is so popular? You think in a few years the whole planet becomes transgender? No. It's a political and ideological movement to confuse the youth in particular, about the modes of procreation in order to prevent population growth. I don't know how people can't see that. doesn't mean I hate you if you're transgender, just like Dave Chappelle. He just wants to know why there's so much attention, why those people and those political movements have so much power. It's an honest question to ask. You know what doesn't have any gender? Unless we give it a gender. You know what has no sex unless we give it a sex? A machine. You know what doesn't breathe? A machine. You know what could utilize the vast workforce of humanity? A machine. Will ultimately see humans as a threat to itself. I believe that's an inevitability or at least as a threat to themselves, an act to remedy the situation. That's part of the Skynet paradox we talked about last night, the little red Skynet triangle, just like the red triangles in the SARS-CoV-2 CG images. 
If you're interested in any more of this, you can check out my book, The Technological Elixir, because everything is in there. It might not be in direct order as I'm explaining it tonight because we're putting together a lot of pieces, but it's all there. So that makes Climate Pledge Arena one of the gladiator arenas where their main symbol is the Kraken, this mythological yet semi-real creature from Norse myth and other mythologies that consumes entire boats, big tentacles, come out of the ocean that kill sailors and smash these large vessels. It's like Cthulhu. A lot of scientists believe the octopus is a very alien being. It's like the octopus, giant squid. It's very much like Spectre, Hydra, Slenderman. You see it? You see the connection to all this? And what is the whole idea behind the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle? Where that logo of the team is the Kraken. That's the name of the team. What is that? What is it? Well, their logo is actually an S, but the symbol of the team is a Kraken. What is this all about? Well, it's about preventing the usage of fossil fuels and carbon dioxide emissions. Well, what is all that? Oil, mostly. Black oil. Black goo. And who is the biggest proponent, the most wealthiest proponent, of COP26, of uh, the Paris climate deal? You'd think that it wouldn't be big oil, but it's big oil. Why would big oil be promoting the green movement that is behind Climate Pledge Arena that pledges to get rid of fossil fuels? Because it's an inversion of reality. It's a distortion of reality. The information field has been distorted. There's a disturbance in the force. There's a disturbance in energy. There's a disturbance in reason. Logic has been turned upside down. You see the tentacle creature, the hydra, specter. The Hydra, both from comic books, Greek mythology, and in nature, the Vulgaris. What is all of that? What does that have to do with the climate? And yet, it relates directly to the black oil with Greta Thunberg and Saturday or Saturn Day magazine. You know, in the mythos, I believe Cthulhu actually traveled to the planet Saturn. Of all the planets in the solar system, Saturn was one of the planets Cthulhu went before coming to Earth. I'm not a huge Lovecraft fan, but I do know that. So what are they showing you? From Spectre and Hydra, the Lanirnian Hydra, the Hydra Vulgaris, the Tentacles, the Octopus, the Squid, Very Alien, Cthulhu, the Kraken. The center of a ritual arena in Seattle called Climate Pledge Arena with a big green pyramid on the roof. And we know when we take that green off, we know what's underneath of that. It's very, very red, just like the Skynet logo, just like the CG images of SARS-CoV-2. I ask you, is that a mere coincidence? Is it all just happenstance? Or is the green movement 
a political movement meant to advance a technocratic ideology. No breath, no life, no sex, no gender. You're describing a machine. Cut it apart any way you want. You're describing a machine. You're describing highly advanced artificial intelligence. And the idea that carbon dioxide is a pollutant when forests are exploding in growth according to NASA, and when it's been hotter in the past than it is now, like 800 A.D., and when you can find little evidences of climate alterations, which are absolutely true, there are cycles that are always functional. The sun and the moon. Space weather. Solar activity. Not to mention man-made climate changes through sulfur sprayed into the atmosphere. That's real man-made global warming. That's real man-made climate change. This is a cult. It's an anti-human cult, birth strikers, extinction rebellion. It's an inversion of reality. And at the center of all of it, once again, is the mysterious, powerful, tentacle-ridden, extraterrestrial thing. Call it Spectre. Call it Hydra. Call it the Nilnerian Hydra. Call it Hydra Vulgaris. Call it black goo, call it black oil, call it Cthulhu, call it the Kraken. It's the same image, the same force, the same symbol, the same sigil, the same talisman. And every call to reduce CO2, every call for more of these climate pledge arenas, every call for every sector of society to get on board with climate change legislation and climate change policy, every green pass, every idea that me breathing as a healthy individual is a polluting act, is a dangerous act, I could get other people sick, make other people ill. Every call for these beliefs and these actions using the same symbols, the same sigils, the same icons, the same tentacles and this giant octopus of global control is really, truly, only a call of and to Cthulhu. Release the Kraken. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you for joining me tonight. Please go to the website www.thesecretteachings.info Subscribe to the show to get access to all of our past episodes, the Montage Archive, and the books. You can buy the books separately as well. When you grab a book, when you subscribe, it is the only thing that supports this show, along with our Pro One Water Filter Affiliate program that you can find on the website and our Patreon page. If you enjoy this show, if you have the means to support us, please do so. It is the only thing that keeps us on air Monday through Friday here on The Fringe. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. This is The Call of Cthulhu. It is time for the mortal soul to pay. My child waits to do your will. 
Seattle Kraken! 